It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts. Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm John, and I can't thank you enough for hanging out here. Bugsy Sports Grill, it's a Bud Light Blue Friday on the southeast side. Brookville Road, or State Road 52, if you will, and 465 is where we are. We're going to give away some Eagles Colts tickets, uh, the first of a couple of pair in just a second, too. Big night, high school football sectional final Friday night. Got a lot of New Pal fans in here. Uh, Connersville and New Pal just down 52. In Hancock County, that's going to get underway tonight. And I know a lot of you are out and about as well. Shout out to Plainfield. Bob Lovell joined us earlier. We went over all of these sectional finals. Incredibly intriguing night. For example, my kid goes to Ron Colley, and Ron Colley's got rebuffed tonight. That is going to be awesome down there on the south side. So wherever you're going and whatever you're doing, enjoy this Friday night. It is high school football sectional Friday night. And... It's Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Here's we're going to start with the burning question. What do you think about the Sam Ellinger debut? Of course, the Colts on the road in Foxborough on Sunday. Colts lose to Washington this past Sunday. Sam Ellinger, his first NFL start. Did he show enough to truly consider being the long-term answer? I say no because it's one game. And I thought he was fine. And then everybody goes, well, wait a minute. That's a backhanded compliment. It's not. I just thought he was fine. Now, he didn't go down his leg, which was great. But I thought it was fine. Do you consider me not giving him enough credit? Or does that sound right to you? Does he need a little bit more? What did you see in that first start that would lead you to believe that there is something more there? Ellinger completed 73% of his passes, 201 yard. A fumble in the red zone, which was absolutely a crushing turnover. He did seem to answer the bell to make those throws that he needed to make. Now, the offense had seven plays of 15-plus yards. One of those included the deep pass. That was a 47-yarder, if you remember. Man, Alec Pierce will just go up and get it, too, by the way. At the end of the day, it was not enough for the Colts to get a win. But what did that tell you last week in that first start regarding Sam Ellinger? Start number two is coming up versus Bill Belichick and New England. That is on Sunday in Foxborough. Your burning question at JMV 1070, if you so desire. Meantime, we'll start out this show with voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, who was with us a little bit earlier, and his conversation with a busy week for the Colts. I mean, really, on the field and off the field, head coach Frank Reich. Matt. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report with head coach Frank Reich. And this week, coach made a change at the offensive coordinator position, uh, relieving Marcus Brady of his duties. How did the team respond to that change this week in practice? It's a hard change, you know, uh, probably first and foremost with the coaching staff because we spent so many hours together and everybody had a lot of love and respect for Marcus and obviously the players as well, especially the quarterbacks. Um, 
we all know this is the kind of business. We all, every one of us have been through it mm-hmm. um, or will be going through it. Um, that's just the nature of it. So I think guys are able to compartmentalize it like that and be professionals about it. Operationally, how, how do the changes uh, affect the rest of the coaching staff in terms of getting ready for a big game against the Patriots? Just spread out the responsibilities really amongst all the coaches. Um, they each play their own role. Uh, Scotty Montgomery probably up front a little bit more mm-hmm. than somebody, but they they actually all have an increased role up front, but Scotty probably more so than anybody else. And the Colts made another change this week, actually the same day on Tuesday, trading Naeem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. Before we get into anything else regarding Naeem, what did you most appreciate about him as a player and as a person inside that locker room? Just the competitor. You know, he was such a competitor, such a will to win, such a will to get better. You know, he was full speed all the time, you know, tough mentally and physically tough and then just a very talented player. Mm -hmm. And then schematically without him in the lineup, has that changed the way you've had to to scheme up and and get ready for this game in New England from a playbook standpoint? I really don't think it will. I mean, Naheem is very good at a lot of things, but. You know, I think that we have other guys on our roster that we feel can do many of the things he can do. And maybe it's not the same guy all the time. Right. You know, maybe it takes two guys to fill that role that he had. But um, we're excited about the opportunities the other guys will get. All right. You're not going to have Jonathan Taylor in this game. He's already been ruled out. What's your confidence level in Deion Jackson? He's going to be the guy. He's going to be your starting running back in this game. Very confident. I thought Deion really ran the ball well against Denver when he was the primary guy when you know, JT was out and Naheem was in Naheem got hurt. Um, so excited for Dion. You've had almost a week to digest um, Sam's first start. 70% completion percentage, over 100 passer rating. After some more thought, what did you think of Sam's first start and his ability to take on that moment? Really good decision making, really good poise, good accuracy, you know, good instincts. Uh, you know, I'm excited about it. It'll really be put to the test this week, mm-hmm. um, you know, against Belichick. And, of course, he's famed for, you know, going up against uh, young quarterbacks. But certainly a good start for Sam. Has he surprised you in any way? Or is that is that just Sam? That's just his makeup? I don't think it's been a surprise. Um, you know, he was incredibly poised. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Uh, no, I you can't really say it is a surprise, to be honest with you. I mean, he's that kind of a kid. I know you talked about this earlier this week with the slow starts on the first possessions of games. You're still looking for your first points on the first possession of a game. And as you said, you've been really good in that department since you've been here in 2018. In fact, you finished no worse than fifth in that category. Last season, you were third uh, on your first possession of game scoring, uh, 51 points for the season in that department. Can you pinpoint why that just hasn't been there for you this season? No, the problem is it's it's just been something different every game. Yeah. And uh, you know, we just have to execute better. You know, we have to prepare better. You know, as coaches, we have to put them in the best position. You know, as far as how I think about sequencing those plays together to start the game, um, you know, some of it's the sequencing, some of it's game planning the actual plays, which yeah. is different than the play calling. So, um, you know, just always trying to find the right mix. And uh, so, you know, looking forward to getting off the schneid, as they say. You know, it would be a great place to do that this week up in Foxborough to get off to a good start. All right, when you look at the Patriots on offense, what stands out to you? Mac Jones, they do two things. They're throwing the ball deep more than they ever have, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and it seems to be, hey, let, let's push the ball down the field. You know they're going to run the ball. They're committed to running the ball, but they're pushing the ball down the field, taking more shots, throwing more kind of 
the deep intermediate cuts than I think they have in the past. And then he does a good job of kind of going, as we say, touchdown to check down. Mm -hmm. So um, defense will really have to be on point right there. Um, it'll be a good challenge, right? Anytime, you know, you got that play action game with shots, but um, looking forward to how our defense will play against them. And then defensively for New England, it appears their biggest strengths are takeaways and sacks. They're top five in both of those categories. Yeah, it's really interesting, too. They are number one in takeaways, also number one in giveaways. Yeah. That, that's a really strange stat, but I know that's not your question. Right. Uh, but the sacks and, and uh, of course, with Judon, um, you know, he's leading the tie for first in sacks. Um, but then they – they have taken it away. In fact, when you look at their team over the years, mm -hmm. their defense, they, they take the ball away. So um, great challenge for us. That's obviously been an Achilles heel that we've been giving it away too much. And we've been giving it away too much when we're in scoring territory. Yeah. You know, um, I, someone was telling me the other day, we've had 10 turnovers, you know, when we're in scoring turnover. That's just too many turnovers, period. Right. Let alone when you're in scoring uh, position so we got to protect the football we can't play scared mm -hmm. um, you, you just got to use good fundamentals and technique and make good decisions yeah over the years you faced Bill Belichick and you always hear about how his defense is always going to change week to week based on the opponent you really know at the end of the first quarter is that typically how long it takes or in your experience how long does it take to adapt to how he's adapt to you you really got to be figuring it out series by series yeah. you know like as you go you're just saying okay you put out these different personnel groupings early to see how they're going to match up what coverages are they going to play yeah. against these personnel groups and um and then you know and then as you start to accumulate reps and know okay that's consistent they're going to play these two things out of that and then you make adjustments as you go. Lastly, Coach, tough environment uh, in Foxborough against the Patriots. Your keys to win this game on the road. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come, you know, the turnover thing is a big deal, right? We've, we've emphasized it. Um, we got to protect the football, again, without playing scared. Yeah. You know, I, the way to do that, you can't say, hey, Sam, don't throw interceptions. That's not good coaching, right? Or the good coaching is they make good decisions. Here's your progression. Mm -hmm. Throw with timing. Throw with accuracy. You know, and then on defense, you know, getting turnovers. So let's win that turnover battle. That's going to be critical, right? And you got two teams, you know, that sure, you know, you want high-scoring game, but here's all I know. And, and I, I've said this a couple times this year. It's going to come down to being in the red zone on both sides of the ball. And so many of our games have come down to that. And so whatever it takes in the red zone, you know, we got to get the ball in the end zone. Right. Right. No turnovers. Get it in the end zone. Touchdowns, not field goals. And then we got to force them to kick some field goals. That's head coach Frank Reich on the head coach's report. Coach, as always, appreciate the time and good luck against the Patriots. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Frank Reich and Matt Taylor right there on Colts Happy Hour. Center Point Energy is a proud sponsor of the 2022 Coach of the Week program. To see the winning coaches and to learn more about the program, please visit Colts.com slash high school football. Do that today. I mentioned it's a high school football sectional final Friday night throughout the state of Indiana. Fantastic matchups. Talked about that with Bob Love a little bit earlier. 9.30 tonight. You've got Indiana Sports Talk with Bob Lovell. After me here, you've got the Pacers back at home. Pacers and the Heat at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Pre-game show begins coming up here at 6.30. That tip time is at 7 o'clock. First things first, though, Rick Venturi on the other side. The Colts radio analyst, the former NFL coach with inside football. Size up the Patriots, the expectation 
and more coming up in that Week 9 matchup in Foxborough on Sunday. This is Colts Happy Hour, live from Bugsy Sports Grill. We're on Brookville Road and 465 on a Bud Light Blue Friday. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back, Colts Happy Hour. We're live at Bugsy Sports Grill. This is off of Brookville Road at 465, the legendary southeast side destination on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Got another pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Meantime, the Colts Audio Network includes podcasts, radio shows, and player interviews. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you can download those podcasts. Now, you can also listen to SiriusXM, the mobile app, and you can do that by searching Colts. Listen to exclusive Colts radio and audio content on demand and stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule. Again, the Colts Audio Network. Burning question regarding your thoughts after that first start of Sam Ellinger last week and the loss to the Washington Commanders at Lucas Oil Stadium. You can send me that at JMV 1070 if you like. But hey, we got a lot to sort out here with this Patriots matchup coming up on Sunday. From the Colts Radio Network, the former NFL coach and friend of this show, Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor will help sort it all out right here. Fellas, take it away. Thank you kindly, JMV. It's time for Inside Football here on Colts Happy Hour with Rick Venturi, and we're rolling out the blueprints and getting Rick's musts and keys to win the football game, and we begin when the Patriots have the ball. And that unit, Rick, now guided by former Lions head coach Matt Patricia, who's back in New England for his second stint. Patriots scoring just over 20 points per game. The ground game is starting to roll. They're over 100 yards in five straight games with Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, Mac Jones in year number two. Uh, his leading receiver is Jacoby Myers, who's one of the best undrafted free agent wide receivers of all time from that standpoint. Devontae Parker added in the offseason. He's chipped in with over 300 yards and a touchdown, but he suffered a knee sprain uh, last Sunday against the Jets. He might not play this weekend. Nelson Aguilar is their big play receiver, averaging over 20 yards per catch on 15 grabs. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, two very good tight ends who have combined for 29 catches over 300 receiving yards this season from that position. And then interestingly enough, he talked about it before, the Patriots, they have 16 turnovers on offense, tied for last, and 16 takeaways on defense, the most in the NFL. So they're even neutral in the turnover margin. Um, so what else stands out to you about the Patriots on offense as we uh, transition into your musts? Myers and Stevenson have 67 catches between them, okay, with Henry at 15. Now, those are the key healthy guys this week. So, you know, it's it's about the running game. It's about Myers and Stevenson and, you know, with Henry there as the complement. No question about that. You know, I think their offensive line is a solid run-blocking line. You know, they've done certain things against us. Look for them to, you know, look for them to steal things from Tennessee. Anything that's hurt us, uh, you know, look for them to go to that. 
never never forget history when you play Belichick. And I always remember the Jonas Gray game. I mean, never heard from before, never heard from after, but he got 201 yeah. yards. You talk about game-specific, brother. Yeah, just run-and-lead plays. Remember, I mean, we were light at the Will linebacker. And, I mean, he came in there in that I formation that day and ran for 200 yards. So, I mean, you gotta you got to know that. I would say in capital letters um, that – you know, uh, with Parker out, this is what they're going to do. They're going to try to keep the running game going, and they're going to throw it, you know, and they're going to throw it to Myers and Stevenson. And then the the other key issue, and we've got to be alert for this because we really fell down in the game Sunday against Heineke, is Jones is a very good athlete, and he kept drives alive last Sunday with his legs. He can scramble. He can move it and he can move the change, so we have to have a good rush plan. But as far as the must, you know, I think, number one, just going into that, you know, you're looking at the 13th, you know, best rush team in the league. You've got to stop their direct runs. They're very much a direct run team, and they will use Cannon, who is their sometimes starter at right tackle, and they've they've done this to us every year forever. He will become a tight end, and I'll refer to those as jumbo sets, and they like to run right at him when he put that extra tight end in the game. Again, they're 13th in the rush, uh, but and Stevenson is 5-0 per carry. Harris is 4-4. Again, alert the Tennessee running attacks. Now, what I mean by that is Tennessee had a lot of success by shifting from one strong side to the other, some unbalanced stuff, a lot of resets, and we didn't adapt. And when he sees that kind of thing, he's going to come back to it. And even though they haven't been a big lead team in the past, just remember the legend of Jonas Gray and be ready for that. I I like to play what we call under, and we're an over team, but I like under what we call 4-I, where you take the other end, instead of sinking him all the way down, you just play him on the inside of the tackle. So you shut down all that inside running game and make it bounce. But number one, you've got to stop the direct runs and adapt to their jumbo sets. Number two, you've got to eliminate anything big. Now, losing Parker takes a lot away from them. But what you got to do, you got to have a good plan for Myers. Myers is going to be in that slot most of the time, or he's going to be close to the box. He's going to run a lot of over routes, drag routes. When they get in that third and five to seven, you know, which I always refer to as the money down, he is going to be running the options and the jerks. You got to be ready for him. You got to have a plan this week for Myers, especially with Parker out. And then, again, you've got to have a plan for Stevenson out of the backfield. You know, he kind of was like the old Fox and guys that he's had over the years, uh, White, that could run the option routes. And so, you know, he's devoid of a lot of skill. So it'll be a two-man game. It'll be Myers and Stevenson out of the backfield when it comes to the passing game. Uh, you got to stay ahead of the count. Number three, must stay out of the ahead of the count and rush this team with four and five man rushes. You know, it's not like they have a great receiver core. We can man, we can play man coverage. Their tackles, including Brown, really struggle with speed. Their right tackle is very fluid. Some games it's win, some games it's cannon, but they both have real trouble there. Uh, their left guard, I would say, Strange is their weakest link. You want to get Buckner on him. 
but they also struggle at right guard. So, you know, and they, and last week they had to go with uh, Ferens, uh at the center position because Andrews was banged up, and he's he's just not very very good. So again, you you want to go in there with some juice, get on top of these guys, and really get after their offensive line. They're they're in the middle of the pack on sacks, and that's with quarterbacks that are young and can move. And then number four, I think you got to force the young quarterbacks into turnovers. I, I've seen Jones. I've seen him implode. I've seen him with confused at times and with good rush where you're forcing him out and you're in his face. Mm-hmm. I've seen him give the ball up in situations, mix your coverages and pressure and really get after them. He also tends uh, to really look it in. So tell your defensive line if they're not going to get there, you know, read his eyes. They get a lot of balls knocked down because they look it in. But those are the key issues. And, and as I said, when it's all said and done, my prediction, knowing him very well in staff meetings, they're going to try to keep the running game going, and they're going to get the ball to Myers and Stevenson on the passing game. And they're going to tell Jones, if they ever, if their back is turned, they're undisciplined on pass rush lanes, don't ever be afraid to take it and run. All right, it's Rick Venturi. Those are the blueprints on offense uh, here on Inside Football. Let's roll to the blueprints to beat the Patriots on defense when the Colts have the ball. New England got to buy the head coach on the defensive side of the ball here, Bill Belichick, of course. He always takes away your strength uh, and makes you play left-handed. So that's going to be interesting to identify You know what that is for the Colts in this game. The Patriots have finished top 10 in scoring defense in 10 straight seasons, including last season when they finished second so far this season. They're 12th, giving up 20 points per game. Uh, They're 23rd against the rush, 14th against the pass, but they are taking the ball away, as we said. They are... Uh, number one of the NFL in uh, most takeaways, uh, including eight of them in the last three games. Matthew Judon tied for the league lead in sacks with eight and a half. And right behind him is uh, Dietrich Wise. He's got five, and those guys have combined or accounted for, I should say, for over half of the team's sack total. Uh, secondary pretty good. It's comprised of Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty. McCourty had two picks last week in the win over the Jets, and now because of that, he has the most picks among active players in the NFL with 30 of them, and he's still getting it done in year number 13. So what are your musts for the Colts to move the ball on this Patriots defense, Rick? The number one thing, and I think this is really important, you got to attack them early and fast with juice. You, you got to come after them when we go to Foxborough. Don't wait. Don't play ourselves into the game. I think some things we have to do, number one, we have to have some runs called but we have to be able to check with me to the outside deep. And I want to create some matchups deep. My number one matchup, number one, of course, is Pierce. I want Pierce on the outside. And there's times this week I want to get in speed trips, and I want and I want Jelani Woods out there to the weak side by himself and to see if he can get a bad matchup on a safety. And so what I like there is quick tempo runs called, but the ability to kill it, and to throw it back outside and take your shots. I like fast tempo against them because I think it reduces the amount of specialization he can do. I think if you if you go quick on him and he can't get his – you know, because a lot of times he'll just substitute by first, second, and third downs. So I think quick tempo hurts him. I think you could pound the edges. They're going to they're gonna bang you inside. So I think you got to pound the edges both with JT and finesse him 
with some of the zone reads, uh, obviously, um, with the quarterback. Right. Uh, and, but and and you know what? Go after Judon in the run. He's a very good rusher, but he's not the greatest pass. He's not the greatest run player. Use your what we call gash plays early. If you have a reverse, if you have a special run to the quarterback, if you just want to take a doggone shot to Pierce, don't wait. Let's go get him. Let's get him right off the bat. Uh, you know, because the biggest thing you want to do is you want to you want to you you want to put them on their heels right off the bat. Don't let them get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in that sense, and 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 quiet their Foxborough crowd. Number two, got to be ready with your man beaters. You hear me talk about four beaters a lot or three beaters. You got to be ready with your man man beaters because this is a man to man free team. Your bunches, your rubs, your meshes, your runaway routes. Take shots early and attack. I really believe you have to win on the outside quadrant of the field. The majority of their stuff this week is going to be numbers to numbers on defense in between what I call the monuments. So, again, when you're throwing the ball, you always want to have some rub releases that will go versus man zone, but will make it tough in their man. And we want to take Pierce and we want to win outside. And I'd also like to feature Jelani Woods at times uh, on the weak side by himself and see what matchup we can get there. All right, number three, you got to block Judon number one and Wise number two. Now, Judon primarily likes to rush off of his left side. And so Bill will make the determination this week whether he wants to rush um, on Smith or whether he wants to run on De- on Dennis Kelly. So and, and we could see him on either side, you know, he, but he is the guy you have to block you. If it, if it means chipping him, it means chipping him. And he has a good inside move. He can come up and under, he, you know, the eight and a half sacks, you know, are, are basically what he does. And then with wise, I think wise is more dangerous when they get in their double sinks and he is inside on your guards. I think that's that that's where you have to be alert for wise. But he, you know, Judon is the number one game changer. So don't let him beat us. I always say that this is a guy. I know if Belichick was talking to his own team, he would say, "Do not let Judon beat us." Okay. And then I think number four, he is going to see the all the variety of blitzes that have hurt us, uh, and he has. He has them from over, from Delta, and the sleets, again, are audibles. But they will have a basic rush plan, and that basic rush plan will be to keep, as I said before, it will be to keep keep him in the pocket, to keep Ellinger in the pocket, and to squeeze him in the pocket and make him play short. That's the way he talks, and make it collapse. And then they will blitz. They will have a blitz package because of our history of not doing it. So those are the key issues, again, as you look at it. And, mm-hmm. again, his game plan will unfold early, and you'll, you'll know immediately who he's going to take away and how he's going to do it. Rick Cherry, Matt Taylor right there on Colts Happy Hour. Caesar Sportsbook is a proud sports betting partner of the Indianapolis Colts. You know, when you're looking for consistency at a high level this year, the Colts have seen that and probably seen that more from this player than anybody else. How about defensive tackle Grover Stewart? Lara Overton has a conversation. That comes your way next. We're live off of Brookville Road at 465 Bugsy Sports Grill. It's a Colts happy hour.
93.5, The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, Colts Happy Hour brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more. Bugsy Sports Grill, Brookville Road 465, Bud Light Blue Friday. I got one more pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away before we bail out of here. Remember, bottom of the hour, you got the Pacer pregame show. Pacers, uh, the first of, I believe, four at home in the next week plus at Cambridge Fieldhouse with the Miami Heat four and five on the season in town. That tips at 7, 6.30. Again, coming up in less than 30 minutes, Pat Boylan's going to lead the way for you with the Pacer pregame coverage right here at 93.5 and 107.5. Fam. All right, before we get to Lara Overton talking with Grover Stewart, the defensive tackle of the Colts, let's do this for him. Credit Union question of the week. Patriots special teamer Matthew Slater earned his 10th Pro Bowl selection last season, extending his NFL record for most Pro Bowl selections as a special teamer. He also is just one of three active players to be selected to 10 Pro Bowls. Who are the other two active players to have been selected to at least 10 Pro Bowls? We'll have that answer for you coming up in just a bit. The form, Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. Get on there, interact with other Colts fans online. You can spark discussions, have your own commentary, really. Just go in there and talk about the Colts if you want. Form Credit Union helping members live their financial dreams. I mentioned, you know, one of uh, probably the most valuable player on this team so far, if you're talking about a consistent high level of play, has been defensive tackle Grover Stewart this season. We're not just talking about the possibility, I don't think, of, you know, being a pro bowler because that's different than being an all-pro. All-pro would seem to be a destination possibility for Grover Stewart this season. And a little bit earlier this week, Lara Overton had the opportunity to talk with him about the season and more today. Lara? The always quotable, always entertaining Grover Stewart in studio with us. DeForest Buckner called you one of the most dominant D-tackles in the game right now. And there was a single series against Washington where I think you were involved in almost every play that was made on defense. You had like a tackle for loss. You chased down a quarterback. <laughs> you had a pass defense. You were absolutely everywhere. What has allowed you to play so fast and so dominating that we've seen so far this season? I guess it's just a new scheme that we in. Um, I feel free in it and um, like just attacking the guys and making plays and just being Big Grove, really. <laughs> Speaking of playing free, that's another way that DeForest described you earlier this week, playing fast, playing loose, play, playing free. And one of the ways that we've seen it is not only in your play, but when you've gotten up to the line of scrimmage before the offense is set, you'll be dancing <laughs> up there. Tell me about just that type of mojo that you create and that you hope kind of creates an energy across that defensive front. So my energy level just be high when I be out there and like I'll be hearing, hearing the music and like it just get me going and I turn around, say something to the guys, get the guys going, then they'll start moving with me and like, it's just all great energy out there. And I know the offensive guys be looking at me like, man, I know he should be tired. Nah, I'm ready for y'all. Come on. <laughs> the guys like DeForest, Quiddy, they're so locked in. What do you say to those guys to try to loosen them up and get them going and get them on that level where you are? I just be telling them, man, hey, you the best one out here, man. And I'll tell them a little joke and I'll probably – say something else and just get them 
like to loosen up and we just go out there and play. Are there certain songs, certain artists that really kind of spark that for you that, that we get that reaction that we see on the field? I mean, in a song they playing, they could play a slow song, I'm gonna still be bobbing my head, uh, like moving and grooving, but like in a song, my energy gonna be high either way. Your energy is always <laughs> off the charts. Also, your speed on the field. And people are looking at this as a breakout season for you, but this has truly been something that has steadily been building year after year. That's something we talked with Coach Reich about. He said that's a credit to your work ethic and how you've continued to just build upon that season after season. But what has been the biggest difference for you this year? I mean, I'm making more plays, but like I said, it's the new defensive scheme that we have. They were like, Grove, man, you could just go. Be free, penetrate. You ain't got to read a block or nothing like that. So the only thing in my mind is this guy in front of me can't block me. So I'm about to get off and go make the play. We know that there's always been a lot of attention given to this defensive line, but how are you seeing offenses give you more attention this season? So uh, now I'm saying like their scheme like plays away from me, so make me have to run a little farther or like I get like double teams and stuff like that. So they realize I'm Big Grove and kind of put some respect on it. Absolutely they are. <laughs> and the rapport across your defensive line is something that is so important. I know with certain position groups, they'll maybe do like a weekly dinner or different things. What do you guys do as a defensive line group to just try to connect or you know, get together off the field when you have an opportunity? Uh, we get together sometimes to go eat. We'll probably go downtown or and come grab something to eat. But then again, like most of the guys will meet up at like restore and like we'll get treatment together and we all bond in. Just multitasking right there. You yes, recover, right. you bond all at the same time. Yes, they right. coming over for wings, you still whipping up the wings from time to time? Uh, I haven't cooked the wings yet, but uh, I told them whenever they get ready, I'm ready for them. All right, it is now time for a segment we call first and 10. Grover, first thing you do when you wake up? I'll just lay in the bed and just think about the day, how I'm gonna attack the day. Little reflective time, set the mood for the day, set the yes, tone. Sir. Yes, sir. What's the first thing you notice about someone you meet? Uh, I check their smile out their teeth, because my mom always told me, like, check a person's smile out, see. Life, they taking care of themselves, so. Good advice from Mama. <laughs> First person on your favorites list on your phone? Uh, I got my son. He the first person. Love that. First job? I was working in a pre-cooler, moving corn and picking, like, watermelons. How old were you? Um, probably, like, 15. And this is in Georgia, so you're talking about probably like heat of like oh, late yeah. summer, probably. A lot of heat. It was like 110 out there one time, and I was picking watermelon, throwing it on the bus. That's where your work ethic comes from, right? Yeah. <laughs> First big purchase when you made it to the NFL? Uh, I brought my truck. I got an F-250. That was the first thing I bought. Still have it? Yes, ma'am. Still driving it? Yes, ma'am. First thing you eat on game day? Well, to be honest, which I actually don't eat on game day, so. You're going, you're going fasted out there, right? Is that yeah. why you're so fast? You're just yeah. going. So, but um, I'll probably get like a bowl of cereal, 
something like I don't eat heavy, so. You're just all about the hydration. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You <laughs> save you save the meal for after, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, first game ball you got as a pro. Where do you have it? It's at my house, in the little trophy area. Mm-hmm. Like I got a bunch of game ball, but I got that game ball in like a case. Which game was it from? Um, probably from Kansas when I had got that sack. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> First teammate you go to for advice? DeForest. Yeah, he he's a good guy, and I know like he done been around the lead, and he know a couple things or two. <laughs> he does indeed. <laughs> First, welcome to the NFL moment. Going out downtown and, like, people knowing who I am, it was like, oh, yeah, you go still play for the coach. So, like, that was kind of big for me because – where I'm from, people look at you, oh, okay. <laughs> but I got up here, oh, yeah, you grew up still? Yeah, that's me, yeah. Hey, I got news for you. It's not just people in Indianapolis. Who <laughs> people all across the league know who big Grover Stewart is, and for good reason. Hey, Grove, appreciate the time. Can't wait to see you dancing it up in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Yes, ma'am, I'm be grooving, moving and grooving. Grover Stewart, Lara Overton right there on Colts Happy Hour. Brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Another DT on the other side. It's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and DeForest Buckner. We're going to edge closer to Pacer pregame coverage, bottom of the hour. The Heat in town against the Pacers. Tip times at 7, 630 is when we get you to the pregame coverage. Remember... Coming up tomorrow, JMB Takeover with me, B105.7. I'm going to have two, count them, two gift cards worth 200 bucks a piece from Sullivan Hardware and Garden. Thanks to Pat Sullivan for that. Six until midnight tomorrow night. The all requests live in studio like nobody does anywhere in music right now. We're a one-off because nobody else does it, and you love it. The JMB Takeover tomorrow night is on B105.7. DeForest Buckner, Matt Taylor, other side. Bugsy Sports Grill, southeast side of Indianapolis, just off of 465 on Brookville Road on a Bud Light Blue Friday. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour, heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back to Bugsy Sports Grill, Bud Light Blue Friday, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today, make every moment count. Your Farm Credit Union question of the week is, uh, I told you a little bit earlier, special teamer for the Patriots, Matthew Slater, his 10th Pro Bowl selection a year ago. That's an NFL record for most Pro Bowl selections as a special teamer. One of three active players to be selected to 10 Pro Bowls. Who are the other two active players to have been selected to at least 10 Pro Bowls? Of course, Tom Brady and the other Aaron Rodgers, a pair of quarterbacks right there. It's your Forum Credit Union question of the week. Matt Taylor, DeForest Buckter, a little bit more on the defensive side of the football here on Colts Happy Hour. Now, Matt, take it away. In the Colts radio studio now with Colts defensive tackle DeForest Buckner is with us. Defo, what's going on? Good to see you. Yeah, great to see you. Now, thank you for having me again. Absolutely. It's good to have you back. I know it's uh, it's it's tough. The locker room, for those that don't know, is on the other side of the building. So we appreciate the trek over. It's been a obviously an eventful week here. Uh, how is the team holding up after a trade and then a change on the coaching staff? What is the the tone of the team going into a, a big game against the Patriots with that in the backdrop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot going on, obviously, the past, you know, week or so. And uh, 
you know, obviously coming off a tough loss, you know, a game that we we all think that we sh- obviously should have won. But mm-hmm. um, with the coaching change and uh, trading Naheem, um, you know, I mean, obviously there's been a bunch of emotions around the locker room, but I feel like the guys were do- doing a great job with honing in the task at hand, which is the Patriots, and, you know, everybody's been locked in. Yeah. I feel like uh, yesterday we had a great uh, day of practice, and, uh, you know, we just need to keep consistently stacking those great days and going into the game day. I mean, you, you've been in this league long enough to, to see those types of things. When things like that happen, when a trade is made or a, a change is made on the coaching staff, what's your first reaction to help galvanize the locker room? Do you take ownership of that to try to be vocal? Or as a leader on the team, how do you try to help the situation? No, yeah, just, you know, constantly I'm obviously, you know, getting the guys focused back on, the like I said, the task at hand, which is the Patriots. And um, obviously guys want to win. And, um, you know, we're just preaching, you know, going 1-0 this week. And, mm-hmm. And obviously, um, you know, in this league with, with all the different changes that can happen, possibly on a week-to-week basis, day-to-day basis, I mean, it's all about how you respond, you know, to, to whatever, you know, whatever hand's dealt to you. Right. So, I mean, I feel like the guys are doing a really good job with responding. That's DeForest Buckner with us. Now, you specifically, you're having a great season. you got four sacks, including three in the last month here. You're balling out. How do you think your season has gone internally? How, how would you evaluate yourself so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I've made some great plays, but I've also miss opportunities um where you know which comes up with the consistency you know what i'm saying i'm, I'm very hard on myself i'm a i'm my biggest critique you know because i want to be the best to ever do it when i leave the game and i don't have any regrets so um you know I, i'm really hard on myself on you know what i can do to help help the team mm-hmm. um you know obviously win and um you know there's been opportunities that i've i've watched myself on film you know you know watching the games back and um how i can you know obviously take take advantage of those one-on-one blocks that i do get yeah. on game day and yeah. you know making you know, making sure you know I'm 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 ready for those you know those moments, and uh, you know it's been I've been I've been doing better you know obviously in this past month or so, but I I need to continue to to play at a high level. I want to pick up there for those that aren't watching the games and breaking down the game tape. You just mentioned the one-on-one blocks last year. You were double teamed almost seventy percent of the time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you were getting a lot of respect. Are you still seeing that high of a rate in terms of the double teams this year? Would you uh, say? Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah. I mean. Especially in the run game, I'm um, getting a lot of doubles, but also, and, and I feel like I'm on the backside of, of, of mm-hmm. runs a lot uh, this year. But uh, and also in the past game, you know, getting the slide to me, the center, the center helping the guard and, and little things like that. So I feel like the coach has been doing a pretty good job with you know helping me kind of move around. Yeah. Um. You know, going to this to some defensive end. You know, try to you know get those one on one opportunities even with the tackles. So, um. You know, I just got to keep chipping away each and every week. Yeah. You're, you're top ten in tackles. You're top ten in everything among defensive tackles, mm-hmm. especially since. 2016 when you broke into the league but a guy who leads all defensive tackles in tackles this season is your guy Grover Stewart yeah. he's having an amazing season yes, he is. how is he doing this um you know obviously I think I think um you know it was it was just uh, time in the making you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, you know he's he's played since I've been here he's playing at a high level but um I think this scheme um really allowed him to to play a lot a lot more free you know what I'm and, saying and what do you mean by that just the scheme well, well you know we're since day one you know sure. switching schemes with obviously with Gus and and all that uh mm-hmm. you know up front you know this is this scheme's made for the guys up front you know having you know um obviously we still have responsibilities but also you know playing you know in a tax style defense which is you know we're just you know we want to get penetration get vertical and that's one of the that's Grove's best attribute to him you know I um, mean obviously as a big guy mm-hmm. in the middle and you know with his ability and his quickness he's taking advantage of it you know especially when he gets those one-on-one blocks I mean it's crazy how how many times he gets one-on-one blocks when especially in the run game 
uh, you know, it's like teams don't watch film <laughs> or they don't respect them, which is crazy. And he takes advantage of it, which it's is still amazing. Happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still happening. So yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for, you know, his production and the w- way he's been playing because, you know, I mean, he he's one of the hardest workers I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he has fun, you know, on a day-to-day basis. He keeps it, he keeps that, brings that same energy each and every day. Mm-hmm. And guys feed off of it. I feed off of it. And yeah. um, I'm just happy to see him get in the, the recognition he deserves. And he's like you. DeForest Buckner is our guest. He's not a look-at-me type of a guy. I mean, he's got a great person. Personality. Mm-hmm. We all know his his bubbly nature, yeah. if you will. So it's it's great to see. I, I guess the, the the common theme here is it's great to see good things happen to good people, and that's definitely. Grover Stewart, right? Oh yeah, in definitely. that department. All right, this this defense played great against the Commanders. He gave up only 17 points, but they got it done down the stretch. Mm-hmm. How do you process that? You played well. But giving up 10 points in the final two drives of the game, how do you compartmentalize knowing you played good, mm-hmm. but it's all about points allowed, and, and they had one more point than yeah. the Colts did? No, right? yeah, we played good, but it wasn't good enough. And that's just, I feel like that's been, you know, in our losses, you know, those close losses. I mean, it's yeah. been, you know, we, we've given up, uh, you know, in the key situations, um, those moments, um, you know, it doesn't matter how great we played all, you know, all all day. Right. Um, we need to show up in those, in those key situations. And it's really, um, we've been preaching a discipline of play you know um guys just doing their job and not doing too much in the moment and um if we can do that on a consistent basis you know uh, like we've been doing throughout the entire game we'll be able to finish games you know um we 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 had the lead we had the opportunity in that two-minute situation to get off the field and we didn't get it done you know in in all phases but um i i'm i'm hard on myself and hard on the d line so in that moment that final drive you know we need to get the quarterback on the ground you know sacks kill two minute and um you know we you know the uh, what was his name? Uh, Heineke was able to mm-hmm. break contain multiple times. He's a good quarterback. And yeah. you, know, you can't you can't ask the the DBs and the linebackers to to cover that long. You know, it's our job to keep them in the pocket and, and get them down. So, um, you know, those those are those are you know big moments and key things that we've been harping on mm-hmm. um, this you know this week. And uh, you know we take it to we take it personal. So yeah. you know we need we just need to do a good job on you know playing all four quarters. That is. DeForest Buckner and Matt Taylor right there on Colts Happy Hour, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Let me tell you, whenever we come to the southeast side, this place, whether we're talking about here in Warren Township off of Brookville Road in 465, but you also get the good folks from Franklin Township, not too far away in Wanamaker. We get the great folks from New Pal in Hancock County, of course, New Pal and Connorsville for a sectional title, just down 52 coming up in just a bit. We always get great folks in and around the area when we're on the southeast side. We like to give back to, right? So our friends at Bud Light, Zinc Distributing, and where we are at Bugsy Sports Grill, we're going to give you a final opportunity to win Eagles-Colts tickets. Of course, the Colts on the road in Foxborough Sunday, then again on the road in Vegas a week from Sunday. Back home against Philly, unbeaten last night, Eagles over the Texans. They are now 8-0 and on the season. We'll give you a chance to win that final pair of tickets coming up in just a bit. If you're live here at Bugsy Sports Grill, just a great place indeed. This reminder, all right, a chance to close out game six tomorrow night in Houston in their building. The Astros up a game in that World Series best of seven in what was a thriller last night with some defense, some flashing of the leather for real. Phillies-Astros game number six is coming up tomorrow night from Minute Maid Park. That is Wheeler v. Valdez again tomorrow night for that game six of the World Series with the Phillies and the Astros. And a lot of college football coming up tomorrow. And I mentioned we talked to Don Fisher a little bit earlier. 
the longtime voice of the Hoosiers, you not only have IU and Penn State in Bloomington, but you got a big one for the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. They will host Iowa. And then in South Bend tomorrow night, Clemson and Notre Dame coming at you as well. So there is a lot of college football going on for real. And, of course, on Sunday, Week 9 resumes with the Colts on the road in Foxborough versus the Patriots. 10 a.m. for the Colts pregame huddle. That's me and Bill Brooks in Studio Gorman. I'm sure he'll be on site at Gillette Stadium coming up on Sunday. But 10 a.m., that is the Colts pregame huddle with me and Bill Brooks in studio. All right, quick break. We'll come back for a final time from Bugsy Sports Grill off of Brookville Road in 465. Pacers Heat pregame show, bottom of the hour on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Thank you, Bugsy Sports Grill, Bud Light. Devin, thank you for the engineering job, as well as Sienna, Kyle, back at the station. But Pacer Hoop is coming up next. How about the 4-5 and five Heat, the 3-5 and five Pacers, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, tip time at 7 o'clock. The gang's got you coming up next on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.